I'm Neil Osmond and welcome to the Get TS podcast, where I teach, coach, consult and speak on selling in the hair and beauty and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients when you're selling that pushing doesn't work, talking doesn't work either, however asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion, because my belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater financial rewards, gain that recognition you're yearning for, and maybe even just discover that selling can be fun. I look forward to sharing the journey. Hi, Neil here from the Sales Catalyst. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about some ideas and concepts to take the stress out of your next expo. So what are the things that stress you out the most when you're on expo? The stress for me came about when I felt things weren't working smoothly on the stand, whether it be that we ran out of information packs or needed to get some more inquiry forms printed up, or I remember one time I actually ran out of business cards. These are all good first world problems. (laughs) As the years went on, I discovered though that What was really important for me was to enjoy an expo, and to do that, I needed to reduce the stress. And to reduce the stress, I needed to address a couple of these issues. What was most exciting, of course, was the sheer number of leads we received. If we were securing good, solid numbers of sales leads, you know, inquiries, I could generally relax a bit. As for me, attending an expo was all about it being an investment, growing my business, And over the coming months, turn all of those inquiries into new accounts. You know, extra sales. I also discovered the key for me was to have two things in place. Number one, an easy way to collect accurate contact information from each of our leads. And number two is to have a clear and professional plan to connect the expo experience to the next step after the expo. Have you thought through your post-expo experience yet? On this episode, we're going to go deep on a few vital points in this area. Ideas to well, create that great experience at the expo and then talk about how to create a smooth and seamless experience to securing that post-expo order. We're going to go deep here as there is a couple of very specific points to discuss and for us all to think through. For example, different ways to collect information from the contact you have at expo. Some of the mistakes I've seen companies make and how it's cost them dearly. How to build an effective bridging strategy. This was a real key winner for us. And then finally, how to make that post-expo meeting an extension of the experience they had at Expo. The starting point in securing future business from an Expo is to ensure that as part of your Expo experience, you make it easy to collect contact information from those who visit your stand. So what's your plan? How are you going to collect that vital information? Now, this may seem super obvious, but I have to share, I've experienced some real shockers here. Some staff think they've done a great job by handing out heaps of business cards. Others I've observed running out of business cards like I did that time. Wow. And some think they've done a great job because, well, they've run out of sample packs. But let's be clear. None of those methods will guarantee you further engagement from those who visit your stand. The only way you do this is for you to secure their contact information. So you or your sales team can get in contact, not the other way around. So what are some simplistic methods to collect your prospect's information? One of the first I used was the most basic of all, you know, the good old fishbowl. 
It's easy to source and simple to use, and if you're just starting out, it's great. Use it to collect your business cards. If I could suggest there's a couple of rules, though, with this quite simplistic approach. I always avoided starting the day with an empty bowl. Nobody wants to feel that they're the first one to leave their card. So how can you create the perception of popularity? Maybe considering offering a prize or a lucky draw for leaving behind your business card. Finally, somebody needs to take control of these and record them all before they get divvied up across the sales team. After all, this is why you came to the expo, to secure business opportunities. The downside of this approach is it's difficult to make notes or comments, so sometimes all you end up with is a stack of names with no context or no idea how to bridge the conversation from the expert at the phone call that you'll be making as part of your follow-up. The next level, still with the manual option, is to create a lead or inquiry form. These are quite popular and used by many. You know, on an A4 and A5 page, you know, with your logo at the top, nicely designed, these can work really well as it allows you to list the types of information you want your sales team to collect. However, proceed with caution. Most people are okay with sharing brief pieces of information at the expo, but are not always comfortable with entering their life story onto a form. So keep it simple and make it quick and easy to complete. A suggestion maybe is something as simple as just a business name, suburb and state, website, phone number, mobile, email. And then you'd probably need to make a note about the category or the product you actually discussed. What action is required and what's the best step or comment? My favourite question is what day do they have off? You know, so I can fit them into my plan, not the other way around. I always like to include the name of the person who took the lead information. I found over the years this really helped in clarifying writing or any other form of information that we needed to collect. If you do this popular method, especially if you have a number of people working the stand, get a number of clipboards, you know, the same colour, for example. You know, blue might be where all your lead forms are kept and red ones might contain price lists if you're doing things that way. Think about how you can make it easy for your staff to grab and complete because, well, the last thing you want is a staff member to have a really hot lead on the stand that's been a really impressive conversation and yet they fumble, they can't find a lead form, they're writing on the back of another form. Now, what sort of impression does that create to the client about you, your business, or your brand? And finally, and more important, once completed, these forms are to be deposited in one place and one place only. I used to make up a box and we all deposit all of our lead forms in the same spot. If you do nothing else, please pay a lot of attention as to how you're going to manage this end and collecting your lead. Over the years, I've experienced some real shockers here. Some stands have had completed lead sheets sitting around on their stand. Some I've even seen have only had half-completed forms lying around, let alone trying to read somebody's scrawl. You want to have some controls and some clear expectations here. You need to enter all of these into a spreadsheet so you can clearly count and measure the number of leads and the perceived value that they've brought to your expo investment. Other clients I speak with, well, they say we're in the electronic age, so let's look sharp. Let's record all of our information on laptops or iPads. Plus, it will save me heaps of time there thinking about typing up all of the lead information at the end of the show. Look, again, this can work really well, but as long as the information you require is short and to the point, so here's some key points to remember with this type of system. Keep the form simplistic and easy to enter. Have enough devices to cope with the busy periods. Make sure everybody can type and work comfortably on that particular advice. 
and designed the form to include an area for comments. There's also a couple of other things to be aware of too. Don't give the device to the client and expect them to fill out their info. They may not be comfortable with this particular device and they will feel embarrassed if it appears that they're not able to master that system. Generally, with this method, I've noticed a higher failure rate than, for example, the previous manual system, incurring spelling mistakes, and generally the follow-up notations are shorter and less specific. Again, you need to ensure that you receive and collate all of this lead information at the end of the show. More recently, a number of Expo organisers have offered an electronic capture system, you know, the ability to scan a barcode on a delegate's badge as part of their exhibitor booking process. While these can be fantastic, do your due diligence prior to ensure that you understand what information you're going to receive out the other side. You may only end up with a list of those you have scanned, which would be a list of all of those that have visited your stand, which is great. However, you need to think through how you're going to make notes of conversations or requests that need to be honoured after the expo. For me, the process you decide to use is what I've discovered is where the gold is lost or made. As I've seen many companies do well and others not so and leave the show with very little to show for their efforts. At the end of the day, it's more important to have a system in place as those leads are what you're going to make the money from after the expo is finished. Now that we've managed to collect our prospects' data efficiently, during our conversation, we also discovered that we're a good fit. Well, you know, they represent our avatar. So let's now chat about how to manage the flow from the expo conversation and excitement to the all-important post-business meeting. And let's try to smooth it out as best as possible. For me, the post-expo business experience started from what happened at the expo. And we call this the bridging strategy. That's the strategy to link the two experiences, the expo and the visit to their premises, or the post-expo expo meeting at yours, you know, linking them together. A good example of a bridging strategy was at a recent beauty expo, where some of the clients were promoting a new range of products that delivered a new facial concept, albeit through a new method of application. Their process was to offer those genuinely interested the opportunity to experience the facial themselves, you know, back in their own salon. This is a great example of how you can link their visit to your stand back to the visit to their business very, very smoothly with a simple yet logical step. Some clients sell at Expo a starter kit or a small collection of their range for evaluation. This can be another way of building a bridging strategy as it gives reason and purpose to that post-Expo business conversation. So what can be your bridging offer? After all, a bridging strategy is simply a way to secure your next business conversation. So what are your takeaways from this episode? Was it refining your lead capturing system, keeping it simple, or creating a bridging strategy to help increase the ratio of successful post-expo meetings? I hope you're having a great expo. Until next time, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.